Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the roster releases in the Overwatch League, the new fighter for Smash, and a new addition coming to UCLA campus. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We recorded an episode last week. I swear we did. Except because my computer that I record on is like almost 10 years old at this point. It's not exactly the most reliable machine. So Zoom and my computer ate a large chunk of the audio. So it would not have made sense if we released it at all. So um, we are going to try to hit everything in the past two weeks. Some of it's going to be old. Sorry for for not providing our, our luscious voices for you last week um but kevin in your luscious voice tell us how you've been uh i've been pretty good i i have uh, officially casted my first pokemon unite tournament Ooh. uh so that was that was a lot of fun it's also kind of weird um if, if we want to go into that just a little bit so pokemon unite still does not have a spectator feature um <clears throat> well they have a they have an in-game thing where you can say like, oh, we have these games that are being played by professionals. Do you want to watch their games? And I'm like, no, I want to watch my my friends beat up on each other in a, in a <laughs> lobby. Is that possible? And they're like, nope. Cannot spectate custom lobbies. And I'm like, come on. Why, why not? Like, don't make any sense. So custom lobbies wise, I cannot, we cannot like set up a lobby and then spectate that. We have to, it has to be either a like ranked game or a regular like queue in game. So that's really awkward. So we essentially went around the entire tournament and asked people if they had a capture card of some sort that they can live stream their stuff to us. Um, so that's exactly what ended up happening. We ended up watching player perspectives only, um, but it was enough to, to get the gist of the fights which were pretty yeah. cool um but yeah th- that was a lot of fun um and yeah definitely would try it again i i think that that is something that i'm i'm comfortable with now so really cool uh and yeah it was it was just a fun cast overall so doing that and then gaming wise uh People told me it's the spooky month, apparently. I don't know. It's been two weeks in the spooky month. Uh, And they're like, you have to play a kind of spooky game. And I'm like, you don't own me. And then somebody was like, I'll give you 20 bucks if you play Bloodborne. And I'm like, all right. So I I opened Bloodborne and I'm like, why is this game so hard? And I'm like, oh, besides it being from From Software, which are the people who make, you know, Dark Souls. Yeah. uh, I barely got through Sekiro, which is apparently the easiest of the oh, From I still Software games. Beaten Sekiro. Yeah, so I don't think like, I ever will. It's too hard for me. <laughs> and they're like, "Oh, th- that's the easy one," and then they're like, "Bloodborne's the hardest," and I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> I never I, made it out of the first area." I literally spent three hours 
finding the first boss only to get my cheeks clapped uh every single time i walked in there so yeah not not off to a good start but people are i got it down to a quarter hp once so people are like yeah next time you got it i i, I think you, you learned you take a you take a night to think about it haunt your dreams and then you come back and you're like okay i'm ready so yeah we we have that going on and we have this running joke where i have a like I have lactose-free chocolate milk, which is the best invention in the world. Uh, you cannot cannot persuade me otherwise. But they're like, for the chocolate milk, for the tall glass of chocolate milk. And so whenever I beat a boss or do something insane, it's, it gets one tall glass of chocolate milk. And so people are like, we got to do this for the chocolate milk. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So Ooh, they're the milk. literally after any boss, if it's you know, a long fight. They're like, get get the milk, boys. Let's go. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, that that's been a lot of not fun getting destroyed. But other than that, you know, it's in the it's in the theme of spooky month, and I'm I'm glad that I'm at least providing some form of content. Yeah, spooky content. Spooky content. Uh, what about you, Matt? How was your week? How was gaming going? Um, oh, well, I mean, last week was, was fine. Um, I can't even remember what I did last week, but I guess the one holdover from last week was I went and I bought, I managed to find, um, so I went to the, the Glendale Galleria and there is a store there. I think it's called Super Fantasyland or whatever. And they have like, pretty much every set of pokemon cards but they're like ridiculously expensive just because they have the stock so supply demand economics they have the supply so they can price it out and whoever has the demand for it at that price will pay it i think i don't know i took econa so long ago almost 10 years ago but anyway so um, I was there just, I was just going to get like a, a tin, like a, a, just a small tin of Pokemon cards. But then I saw that they had like the boxes of the, um, the celebrations Pokemon stuff. So I'm like, oh my God, I, I need to get one of these. And the dude sold it for me for a hundred. And in the, the Glendale mall, there's, um, there's a target in there. And like, for some reason, my sister's like, you know, why don't we just check target and see if they have pokemon cards there because it's ridiculously expensive in super fantasy lands so we're like okay well let's just look we're probably not going to have any turns out they had some in the back so like we like that that hundred dollar box that i bought was actually only worth fifty dollars like i was prepared to pay a hundred because i thought that's that's kind of what it's going for now on ebay anyway is about a hundred um but i'm like oh wait i have this box i can just go return it and then, like, I went back, and the, there's a tiny paper sign that's hidden away, and it's like, yeah, no returns. So I'm never going back to their store again after he upsold me, that bastard. Um, and I'm just trying to get rid of this extra box of Pokemon cards they have, which, like, I thought it would be a lot easier to get rid of. But it's not. No one wants it. I don't know why. And it's so hard to find Pokemon cards. But now no one wants to buy them from me. So that was my holdover from last week. Um, Going into this week, my my mental has just been boomed just because I'm exhausted from from working multiple jobs, um, but also like 
this week's been particularly rough. I've just been like, we're getting ready for fandom on Saturday. DC fandom is going to be a thing. So I'm going to be moderating on Twitch. So if you're watching it on Twitch, please be nice because I don't want to have to ban you or delete your comments. Please be nice. Um, We'll try. (laughs) I've never, I've also never used Twitch before. So I've been watching tutorials on like how to, how to moderate comments this week and like looking at articles so there's the timeout there's the the one second purge the the one comment purge and then there's the ban so yeah speaking of banning though um this week it was announced that john kent who is the son of superman and at some point in the near future is going to be taking over the superman name while clark kent goes off to war world to fight on mongol and and whatnot if you don't understand comic books um john kent's gonna be taking over while superman does his own thing in space um against some evil bad guy who has a planet where people kill each other uh but yeah so john kent was announced as bisexual and so the internet decided it's going to break my brain um so the day that it was announced I was looking on Twitter at the beginning of the day and looking at comments, getting ready to like moderate and delete everything. And it's like, oh, this is surprisingly pleasant. Like there's not a lot of awful comments. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that the internet's being nice. Um, and of course this, was, this also happened on National Coming Out Day. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's because of that. Um, later in the day, I checked Facebook and Instagram and it's like, oh, that's where all the awful stuff is on Facebook and Instagram that's where all the homophobia and, and stuff is going. Um, and also a lot of people don't actually read. Um, so they don't realize that it's not Clark Kent, it's John Kent. So this is just, I've, for the last four days, I've spent pretty much eight hours a day reading comments and deleting comments and I am absolutely fried. My brain is just so broken at this point. Um, you're reading comments right now and then now now you are also responsible for twitch moderation oh so uh yeah good luck i'm just i got i just uh i'm not in a good mental state right now thank you to the internet for breaking my brain also i've been playing um i've been playing metroid dread which is a lot of fun i got lost a lot like i'm not there was one point where i just had no idea what to do so for like a day i just kind of backtracked a lot and then i gave up and i had to read where to go on the internet but at this point i'm like just re- like trying to unlock everything before i go to like the final area or what i think is the final area so um i'm definitely happy that i returned WarioWare for metroid i am significantly i'm having just a significantly better time and it's just a much better game but yeah that's been me all right so let's get into the the news of these past two weeks um so when we last talked to y'all two weeks ago, um, it was announced that the newest Smash character would be coming, and we were speculating as to who or what it could be. And Kevin, you actually called it out, and I just I didn't think it was going to be a possibility just because of the partnerships involved, especially like having Disney come in because it, it's Sora from the um, the Kingdom Hearts games, and I just I just thought there was going to be no way Disney would ever partner with Nintendo because these are two companies that are just notoriously protective of their IP so that might be actually why it happened because maybe they trust each other with just how protective they are of each other of their own IP 
So maybe that's how we got Sora in the game, which is like, it makes sense. Sora is a huge part of, of gaming history of Final Fantasy and um, Kingdom Hearts are just, are very big in the gaming world. They, they have such a huge legion of fans. I was kind of hoping it would be like Kratos or Master Chief or, or maybe even Overwatch someone, but not um i think we we are getting a a master chief or not a master chief a, a doom guy um me skin i think yeah it's a it's a me spider skin so technically we can finally have isabel and doom guy in the same game i guess um i know nothing really about the kingdom heart series so aside from the fact that it's disney and i find it kind of weird that like it's supposedly this huge melodramatic story, but you're partnered up with Goofy and Donald, who are objectively like the weirdest voices in, in a very serious, if you're having a very serious cutscene. Um, so, yay, we get another sword character. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were we were discussing this. It's like, okay, yeah, Sagarai and his sword characters be, be like that. Um, I do agree, like, I, I don't know why they, they teamed him up with, you know, Donald and Goofy, but thank God they they gave us subtitles. We we would not know <laughs> we would not know anything that's going on in that game. Um but uh originally they said that this was a part of a survey that they ran six years ago, which is during um Smash Bros. Wii U, um, which you know was a super long time ago. Um I, I did take part of that survey, uh, and back then I, I did vote for Sora, but I did not think that my decision six years ago would would lead to this. So, uh, it, it was it was unintentional. Uh, I uh, sorry, not fault. sorry. Um, if I was the one vote that like if it was <laughs> if it was Sora or Waluigi and it was my vote, I I apologize. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm really glad that they got around to it. I'm also very surprised that um that Disney let us have, you know, Sora for this. Uh I was expecting them to compromise and give us Lightning McQueen, but you know, sometimes you <laughs> you just can't can't win them all. Um but yeah, Doom Guy got in. That was also another fun one that they added. That's just another, you know, uh me fighter skin, so um they'll be able to add that but i do like this as the final announcement um i think that it was it, it was a good call sadly you know once again everybody's like oh another sword fighter thanks um but just be glad that it's not from fire emblem you, you guys are you guys are all good <laughs> not <laughs> another one. Oh my god um Speaking of fighting games, this isn't on our list, but I just remembered it in the instant right now. Um, the Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl game finally came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it because the, the reviews that I've read are saying that it's, it's fun on its own and it has some surprisingly like good mechanics for just another Smash clone. But part of it for me is it's like, yes, I love the Nintendo characters. It's cool that they have like three characters from Avatar, SpongeBob, Invader Zim, and like a lot of these characters that like we and our, I guess 
our generation, Kevin, not so much modern kids, but our generation, this is what we grew up knowing Nickelodeon to be. And it's cool that they have like, that they're putting them together in a, in a mashup fighting game where we can kind of like fulfill the fantasies we had as a kid, like smashing our toys together. And it's like, <laughs> they're fighting, but now they can actually do that. Um, but for me, it's like, it feels, um, how can I say it? it? It feels a little bit hollow that they didn't invest or maybe like maybe Nickelodeon didn't approve using the voice lines or like having um, music that's how, how do I phrase that's it? from the shows yeah something that like actually feels authentic to what it is it just kind of feels like a little it, it feels empty to me like I, I want to eventually maybe I'll pick up this game but I, I can't justify like a full price purchase of this right now with it being kind of this shell of what Nickelodeon is you know yeah it's not quite the representation like, of Nickelodeon from your your crap what have I heard yeah I, I just heard from like smash players like they they play a lot and they're like yeah a lot of the mechanics are just busted like there's there's like infinite zero to a hundred combos and stuff like that and they're like yeah this is this is weird um some people are just having like a lot of people are just playing it for fun, which I kind of, I mean, that's kind of the intention that like Smash Bros was supposed to be kind of like a fun party game. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it got serious. Now, now we know that people will take it seriously. There are like tournaments and stuff that are going to be ran for this game. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I feel like it's going to be really interesting to see obviously where this goes and then what characters they decide to bring in. Um, later down the line and i do hope that nickelodeon gets more invested in it i hope that they allow them to use certain like like sound bits like backgrounds and stuff like that um music hopefully um i don't know if this is this is just me um but if you really want to cash in on the nostalgia factor of this game um nickelodeon you could take this by the way bring them back into one of the universal studios florida like game show things losers get slimed Ooh, yeah nickelodeon's moved away from the whole slime motif that they they had Mm -hmm. all throughout the 90s and 2000s yeah uh can we make one of the stages like uh what is it legends of the lost temple is that possible um no like just throw back to those kinds of kinds of games too like the the old Nickelodeon game shows that would be a lot of fun to add as well. Um, I don't know if they'll ever do it. It would be great. It would be definitely fun to like tie that back into your your whole thing. So I know Nickelodeon and the developers like want to develop a, a good robust community behind this. Like, of course, why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but just for me, just conceptually in my head, it's kind of weird thinking of like there being a hardcore Nickelodeon all-star brawl competitive scene. Just something about it, like something like, oh yeah, I'm a SpongeBob main. Just kind of, <laughs> it just doesn't compute in my head. I don't know if it's it's the brain brokenness, but like, it's just, it's so weird. It's like, it, it doesn't have for me like the same impact or charm or like 
weight as Smash does. Just maybe because it's like we grew up on Smash. Smash has a history and already an established community. Um, maybe that's why. But just it's just some part about this game. Maybe it's it's the unwillingness of Nickelodeon to devote into the the music and the voice lines that just makes me feel like yeah if you invested in it it might survive but i don't think it'll be a serious competitor to smash yeah i just think it's a fun game honestly i don't know if it will be huge following it i mean if you i i don't want to bridge i don't want to be the one who puts these two together but um hypothetically let's just say nickelodeon brawl stars 2 does the same thing as like smash where you know new dlc characters come in or even adding dlc to you know the current nickelodeon brawl stars fighter pass whatever um add people from cartoon network see if that would ever happen you know um Mm. i i think that would be really interesting i understand like nickelodeon doesn't want to go down to like nick jr like i would not i do not know what i would do if i had to fight blue and steve at the same time you know like that would that'd be a very different fighter game but i i feel like if they want to take the route that like nintendo did where they were like okay we have our properties but can we contact kojima and get uh get solid snake or can we contact sega and get you know sonic in here so i i don't know if they want to be the, the fighter of cartoons um which would be really interesting to see if they implement um but yeah i've been i've been watching a couple of the tournaments because i know a couple of people are like oh you should watch this uh for fun and i'm like oh okay um but yeah fan favorites right now are the ninja turtles they're doing pretty well uh cat dog and lucy loud apparently has been pretty in a lot of uh, a lot of the pickups so yeah uh, <laughs> Really, really interesting so far. I know that we just announced like the character, the battle pass character for Smash. Uh, who else would you want in Brawl Stars who isn't there yet? Well, something that I've seen is like it's it's a conspicuous absence is like anyone from Jimmy Neutron or Fairly Odd Parents. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be funny to have like Jorgen, Jorgen von Strangle, Jorgen von yeah. Strangle, and then maybe ultra lord or like goddard from jimmy neutron would be fun they would both be fun um i was saying xj9 i feel like she'd be an early addition um and maybe maybe lt gray Um, i could see i could definitely see lt gray coming in yeah I, i think those would be a couple of really fun additions um they they might be you know kind of on the on the further end of like, okay, I got to reach and go get them. But I, I do agree. I do think, yeah, I do think Jimmy Neutron needs something. Like, I don't even care if it's Carl, like Bring Carl Weezer comes in. From, from the Amanda show. <laughs> They'd be good as background characters for sure. Oh, yeah. The Amanda show or, you know, if all that becomes a stage, I would, it'd be all that battlefield, hundred percent. We're, we're ready to go. They also own Kung Fu Panda, the show as well. I don't know if you want uh, that in there. That's another. That's another partnership with 
DreamWorks and getting the rights. And yeah. again, considering they didn't want to invest in, in the sound of this game, I don't think they'd be willing to negotiate too closely with DreamWorks and Universal. I want to check one more. Who who? Because then, like, you could one. also bring in like King Julian and the the Madagascar folks. Okay, hear me out. Oh dear. Uh, Kappa Mikey. Are we counting Nicktoons? <laughs> I I guess technically you can you can bring them Cause, in because Nicktoons is part of Nickelodeon, but like no one knew about it unless you had the channel. Yeah. So I mean, that's like the extra additional crossover stuff if they wanted to add Nicktoons. Okay, well, yeah, they they should. They're they're in here technically. It w- it would be cool. I can see Kappa Mikey coming in. That'd be a trip. I'd play it. I'd play Kappa Mikey if if they brought him in. If I got the game and they brought him in. Um, hmm. Well, they, they have a, a huge catalog of characters, so there's like no want for for DC uh, for goddamn for DL. Uh, see, my brain is is not working, Kevin. <laughs> it's all good. There's no shortage of DLC potential, or for an updated roster for the next game, which is what that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, they just need to figure out who they want in there, and then you know, well. I, I would Angry say Beavers also too. I forgot about them. Angry Beavers exist. Yeah. They have to first of all, there needs to be a balance change if they're gonna make that a thing. And then if they are gonna, you know, reach down there and grab a couple of like interesting acquired properties that they have. Um you can definitely go with like the Animaniacs too. Uh there's a lot of like grab options that you have here so we'll see so moving on to some other news this one is also kind of has a recent thing for me so like uh for the last for on tuesday and on um today's thursday right kevin still thursday yes yeah okay thursday um so tuesday and thursday of this week i was trying to get like I, i already have my ps5 so i've been trying to get my hands on one of the halo edition xbox series x's just because like a lot of the games that i really want to play that i played in the last generation like um hellblade or like uh the bethesda stuff is going to be exclusive to xbox and i'm like okay fine i will i will get myself an xbox so i've been trying to get one of the the series x's because i don't like digital only we've talked about this before it's like i like having the disc i like owning the media um and also it's like you don't have to just down the game completely onto your hard drive and eat space that way um but these past two days it's like no one's been able to get any of the the consoles probably and the guess is according to matt swider who's the guy who like really helps people try to get these consoles through his live stream it's like it's probably scalpers or or bots who are snatching all of these up. Um, so in Japan, one way that one way that they are trying to combat this scalping epidemic or pandemic or I, I shouldn't use that word considering it's Rona. The scalping problem and the the bot problem is that when you order a PS5 
from one of these stores in Japan, Nojima Denki. Um, what they are doing is that whenever you order a PS5 from them, uh, they write your name on the box. And what they're doing is, is they're also opening up the package um, and open and throwing away like the box for the um, the controller so that you can't resell them. So that it, like, I honestly, I don't really know how writing your name on the box is really supposed to deter scalping i guess because you can even if your name is on the box you can still turn around and sell it on the internet um but that's how they're going about combating scalping i guess do you have any idea kevin what what they're like if you were buying one from a scalper on the internet and it just had their name on the box like if you're prepared to buy something from a scalper who's already marking it up, I don't think you really care about a name in the box. I mean, it really depends on what the what the the buyer wants. Like, right. I, I feel like it's if they want the console, of course they're just gonna buy the console, right? They're gonna get it in the box. It doesn't even matter. But yeah, like, like some of the people who get them early really want it for like the fact that they say that they were the ones who purchased it. Mm-hmm. So having someone else's name on the box might actually just deter them from wanting it in the first place because it's kind of a sense of pride for them. Like, hey, I remember getting this uh, console for myself. And it's uh-huh. just like that or it's like, okay, now it has your name on it. So why why would I want to buy something that says someone else's name on it? Right. Um, that that could be a thing. So uh, I, I don't know how this really deters it, but it, it does at least help with i guess the scalping problem or even like the the fake selling thing where it says like uh, where people will be like oh box only right selling the mm-hmm. selling the ps5 box only and people start like bidding crazy amounts but like if it has some dude's Is name that on really it, it'll a be thing? Like, it was like when it first dropped a lot of people Why? were debated by by the things they're like oh a ps5 for 50 bucks and it's like they didn't read all the way down it's like this is a box only oh like so so yeah. it was they they thought they were buying a ps5 yeah for 50 dollars. somehow they thought they were getting a ps5 for 50 dollars. well i mean people were bidding on it so it was like oh. it started at 50 and then it you know it goes up so on and so forth so yeah interesting well i mean if if it works, maybe it's something that'll be instituted in the U.S. and maybe some more people will finally be able to get consoles. I don't know. Um, anyways, going back to our next news story. Um, so this one's something interesting. Um, back when this wasn't a thing when I was uh, at UCLA, like we didn't have really that big of an esports scene. Like I was vaguely aware that there were some esports going on like the overwatch scene was just kind of starting to develop so i like i mean i was barely i was just in overwatch like on my own i wasn't really into playing it with a team or whatever at that point um but it seems like over the years the ucla esports scene has gotten a little bit bigger um so what's happening at ucla now is that um 
the Helix Esports brand is opening a, a one of their centers in um, the student union at UCLA um, beginning, uh, I guess, early next year, so early 2022, um, the beginning of winter quarter for UCLA. Um, it's going to be open. There's going to be 70 gaming stations with PCs, uh, consoles, and internet. They're also going to have food and beverages as well as like weekly programs. So like um, there's going to be tournaments, I guess maybe some coaching sessions or something like that. I probably. Um, so one of the reasons why the, uh, the center is being opened at UCLA is I guess they're, they're trying to maybe invest more into esports. Um, but specifically they're, they're trying to combat the accessibility problem. Um, and accessibility here is not, I guess, the typical use of the word accessibility when like in modern context, cause like, Kevin, when I say accessibility to you, what do you, what do you think of? Just like being able to acquire something, I guess. It's just like the okay. availability. Okay. Okay. Because when I think of access, that's kind of like what they're going with. But when I think of accessibility, um, what comes to my head immediately is just like the ability for like people of, of different abilities to be able to use it. So like if uh, people with certain disabilities, like maybe um, they can't see, like they're slightly colorblind, maybe there's a colorblind option, whatever. Um, but in, in this case, uh, it's the question of being able to access a high-end gaming PC for students. Cause like, to be, to be quite honest, like kids in school, especially at like more expensive colleges probably don't have the money to be um, building their own PCs. Like they're probably going to have a laptop. Maybe it has the capability of running games, but usually you're getting like a small like laptop that you can just run and go to class with to take notes or write your essays or whatnot. Um, and those things like are expensive in themselves. Maybe like run a couple hundred, a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars. Um, but like if it's the choice between a computer you can take with you just to like do for school or, or a computer that you're just going to use for gaming like kids are going in college are going to pick the one for class so what this does is it eliminates that that barrier to entry to esports so um now that you have now that kids are going to have access to this they can start to recruit more people maybe find some more raw talent maybe entice more people into the world of esports so um, I think this is a, a very good move forward. Like for me, one of the reasons why I don't um, uh, game on PC is just because I just never had the money to. And it's like, I never, I didn't have the time, the money or the know-how to like know how to build a PC. It's just so much more convenient just to buy a console that I never really have to update aside from maybe getting more memory into. So this should really help, I guess, build the esports popularity and scene among like younger people, so that maybe esports has a collegiate future at UCLA. Yeah, I I do like the way how UCLA is handling this. Honestly, like being one of the hardest things about esports, honestly, is being able to have a gaming PC. 
And a lot of people don't know that they like gaming on PC until they they like either realize that their PC can run Steam and play these kinds of games, or they just never have the option to do it. So yeah. having a PC lab like is really inviting, especially for esports and for clubs of that sort. And for me, I've been around the collegiate circuit. I have seen, you know, gaming labs before. I've I've played in a couple PC labs. Um, and yeah, it's just really it's a really welcoming environment depending on like how the club kind of makes it look. You know, if it's a club or a program, um, how are they gonna use that to kind of not only invite people to play games in their labs but also like the careers that it could lead to kevin you've seen some of these labs before um what do you what does it take to like make one of these things successful besides like just being a place for people to play like obviously the teams are going to support the this esports lab but like outside of that what what do you what would you say is necessary to to make this a success not only to just make this room a success i would also think that it's it depends on the way how they use it um one of the things that i pointed out specifically for for some places um the the way how for example like uc berkeley they have a really good um they have a good facility that has a variety of different consoles that people are allowed to use um the space is a little limited but they do have like they use they have like a pc lab kind of deal where um if you're a student you have to show id um and if you're if you're not you go in you pay a certain fee and some teams can like go in there and practice and scrim against other teams um, by going in there and being cleared by the head staff. So it, it's more of a training ground of, of ways how they, how they operated that. Um, once again, you could make money through coaching sessions. You find your players um, and then you just figure out like what times they're available, you know, maybe carve out an hour, um, an hour or two to, you know, help out some students who might be more interested in the game and want to up their gaming. That's also another thing. Um, as for my college, the Academy of Art University, we applied, we have like a good PC setup, but we also, because we're an art college, we also focused a lot more on the broadcasting half of it. So we have like a sports desk. We have, you know, the studio set to help you with casting. Um, and if you do go over there, uh, let me know. I will I will easily become your teacher um, and your extra like PA hand. I'm, I'm, I'm available. But yeah, we focus mainly on how can we get our games to more viewers? Um, and then also to bridge that gap between our players and our students, we host a lot of tournaments. Um, we host a lot of tournaments at our facility just to have people come in and not only check out the facility but also like promote like you know collegiate play overall so um it just depends on what the college wants to do i know that um for for my school we were a lot more technical based it we're more 
of like where where's the entertainment factor from this uh, meanwhile a lot of other schools are like okay where's the money in terms of our professional players um the other side could be um okay so how do we host the events how do we make it bigger than what we can offer um like sacramento state i believe doesn't have a pc lab but they also run bigger events like they'll do the state fair and they'll do you know like bigger events outside of their campus so it depends on honestly what the clubs and programs want to get out of the out of the pc lab if it's to you know get the next generation of players and gamers ready um that's good if it's for you know okay we want the next stage talent we want the next best observer like we want like the background jobs that help you know run the show that's another thing that they could focus on so um there's also a lot of other avenues by the way it's not just like the gaming half there's tournament organization you know uh advertisement there's a whole bunch of just different jobs that you could have there and it's not just limited to the gamers themselves it's very much ran by the people who enjoy the game and love to do love to watch the games and enjoy them Hikey wish this was a thing back when I was in school. I really do. Yeah, I uh <laughs> that's why I turned back. Honestly, there was a I literally graduated the second that they said we're implementing esports <laughs> at our school. And I was like, uh, come on, man. Um, so that's what happened. And then when I came back, um I my last semester at school was my first semester on the overwatch team um and then when i graduated i couldn't i couldn't play on the team anymore so um i was in with the the esports people but it was more of a there wasn't a scene yet and so i kind of helped them figure all that out um and you know we were we are where we are at right now so that's fun i'm gonna try to contact helix and see if we can get an interview episode with them and also maybe contact someone in the ucla esports scene um so keep your eyes out for that hopefully they'll want to talk to us hopefully zoom doesn't eat the audio when if and when that happens because that'd be real embarrassing um but kevin i think you have some news for us about dota and some like overwatch things yeah so we're, we're gonna start out with uh we'll start out with the dota stuff so right now um if anybody is a fan of mobas it's a really like tough time right now because there are a lot of tournaments going on um the big one you know a lot of people have been watching was um lcs um for league of legends the championship series um it's been happening literally um, all week. A lot of a lot of games happening. So uh, V flights over there, you know, getting ready for these kinds of games. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side of the planet, not the other side of the planet. They're actually both in Europe. Um, <laughs> but uh, we have the Dota Two International, and Dota Two is known for having um, the biggest prize pool in esports history. Not just because it's like lucrative like money it's actually mostly crowdfunded um which is really 
really interesting uh, and a really good way to promote not only in-game purchases, but also uh, just like community building in general. Like the, the best way how I can describe it is because the player base is so big, they work together. Like the players are essentially the ones who are funding these tournaments. And yeah, they get they get crazier and crazier the the longer these tournaments happen. So, um, yeah, it the the game players like the people who develop the game incentivize the players to purchase these things, and then that money goes directly to the prize pool for the international. So, not only is the company making money, but also the players are getting money um, for for every single bit. Um, so yeah. We we played a little bit of a game last time. Uh, we'll play it again. So I I don't remember what the numbers were. So uh, don't worry, the numbers have changed. Um, oh, they have. Okay. So actually, let me let me check this again. Actually, this is incorrect. This is actually a lower number than before. This one's thirty-eight. There we go. Okay. So last year's international, or technically it's the international twenty nineteen because we did not have one in twenty twenty due to the pandemic um the international 2019 was 34.3 million dollars that was a prize pool um two years ago uh as stated we skipped last year so we didn't have the international um but yeah we are in day three i believe of the international um and the prize pool i believe has finally been capped off um so we are yeah we we have been capped off what do you think the prize pool is at and i i'll tell you it it has increased since last year so it's higher than last year uh huh no wait what was last year again so last year was 34.3 million oof oof okay that's a lot um you said it's increased this year right yeah, so it's it's higher than last um, year, yeah. I'm going to say 40. You are very close and yeah, you know what I'll give it to you. It is 40 million. Um Oof. we're at 40 million 18 yeah, 40 million 18,000 uh dollars right now and That's and change. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Uh <laughs> This is the, also the reason why when a lot of players or a lot of people are looking up like, oh, craziest, like most esports earnings in in esports ever, the, the top like 50 of them are Dota players just because like you win one tournament and you get a lot of money. Uh, you win the big one, you win TI, you're essentially um, you're, you're in the discussion. So, yeah, I, I mean, if you want me to put it into perspective real quick. Yeah. So the top hundreds, most of them are are Dota. Like, um, number 12, just to give you an idea, number 12 is from Fortnite, and that is Booga with $3.1 million to his earnings. He has um, his own line of esports merch. Yeah. He, he's, he's doing pretty well. Um, if you look at... so. By the way, the the most the person who's earned the most is No Tail um, from Dota, and he sits at six point nine mil. Yeah, six point nine million dollars. 
That's a comfortable retirement fund. Yeah, and he's won the big tournament twice. So that's kind of the reason why he's up there. Um, but yeah, um, just to put, let's see, where was... Okay, so for League of Legends, if you guys play League of Legends, you know, the the big bad boy faker, uh, the best player in League of Legends, he sits at 68th at the moment um, with 1.2 million to his name. So that's just, this is just from earnings alone, by the way. Wow. So this isn't considering like your player contract or anything. This is just how much money you have earned from tournaments and other things. Um, no, that's not considering like, merchandising as well yeah so they're they're probably earning more from merchandising and you know commercial spots and everything but dota 2 is one of those games where it's like it's really quiet like not a lot of people know about you know certain players from the dota 2 like community but the second that you see their earnings you're like okay they really don't need to be in a commercial like they have they're fine (laughs) They, they they don't need it but yeah it's really exciting to watch these tournaments and especially when you know that there's this much on the line every year you're like oh okay <laughs> we're sweating uh how who's going home with a certain amount how much is how much is the amount that they're going home with but um i believe if you get like top 16 you get a cut of it so it, it's still really good like they they treat all of the players who have made it this far pretty well so yeah uh i'm glad that the international is still going strong unfortunately we don't have you know in-person viewing which kind of made the international even more crazy than it is um but yeah i'm i'm really excited for that and if you guys are watching lcs uh tell v flight i said hi as well um he's out there spectating that but yeah that's been a lot of fun um just not only watching the games but also just knowing how much is on the line so moving on to overwatch things kevin what who what is happening with our our trades there's this list this list that you you've compiled it's big it is big so unfortunately last week it it ate our file so i'm gonna give you the the quickest i'm gonna try to make this as quick as possible um there's gonna be a lot of players that have been retired released or shifted around um but yeah this is going to be really interesting for for everybody um hold on to your hats uh a lot of people are going to be gone so um the season ended i believe on september it was september 25th was the official end of the overwatch league um and then everybody got back home, you know, got back from Hawaii. Um, and now we are ready to announce where everybody's going. So September 30th, uh, Harsha retires as a coach um, of the Houston Outlaws. And then Juby and Jongu also announced that they're going to they're going into free agency. Um, funny, Astro also announces that he's going into free agency. Um, moving to October 1st, Toronto releases Ansu Jay. Lastro, Aztec, Michael, Sato, Nice, Aspire, and Logics. Um, Paris part ways with Suna, Onigod, and Vitola. And then the uh, Philly Fusion, um, Poco becomes a free agent. 
and then Dallas releases Jexay Pine Repel. Um, Repel retires, and I then play. He did, yeah, he didn't even play once. Um, and then Crimson is at, officially at that time becomes a free agent. Um, and then okay, so October second, we are moving day to day. Uh, get ready, Florida fans. So OGE, Gargoyle, Slime, Gangnam Jin, BQB, and Checkmate have all been released. Um, the Gladiators release Muse and Mirror. The Justice release Tatuba and Closer. Um, and then Hunters, uh, the Ameng announces free agent, and Masa from the Rain announces his free agency. Uh, October third, uh, the Dragons release Develop. The Charge release uh, Jihan, uh, Mikali, Mandu, and Kariv. The Spark release Salmon Sue, Coldest, Mika, IDK, and Dreamer becomes a free agent for the Outlaws. Um, on the fourth, EQO officially became a free agent too, so he was shopping around a little bit. October 5th, we hit the the Boston Uprising, uh, release Stan One, Young Bong, Color Hex, and I'm 37, and Fusions retires um, from the Boston Uprising. Uh, NYXL release Yakpun, Kalios, Feather, and Guangbong, and Bianca and Friday announced their retirement. Um, and then the Philly Fusion release Shockwave. Um, October 6th was the day uh, that we recorded the last podcast, and that was the day that was it, was it the 6th? I believe it was the 6th, the Wednesday. Somewhere, I think it was, I think it was the 6th. Yeah, yeah, it was the 6th. So the sixth, the day that we were that we were announcing our podcast, um, Birdring retired, um, which was kind of a big hit to the Overwatch community, knowing you know how important Birdring was. But on top of that, Toby also retired that day. So uh, one of the original, one of the original Team Korea players uh, also announces his retires, like he's retiring as well. Um, the Spitfire release Hadi, Mulfig, uh, Kalex, Ripa, and Hybrid and Blase as well. So Spitfire are getting rid of their roster as well. Um, but yeah, the two big retires um, on the sixth was Toby and Birdering. Uh, really big. Uh, October 7th, the Hunters uh, part ways with Late Young. Um, so that, that's another loss for them. October 8th. Uh, the NYXL officially announced they are parting ways with Jonak. Um, so, you know, after five seasons or after four seasons, he's uh, ready to move on. Um, we don't know if they're going to renew his contract or if he's going to go and play for someone else, but we'll definitely see what happens there. Um, as for the Philly Fusion, Rascal officially announces his retirement as well. Um, but he is looking for a job in coaching. So we'll see where he decides to land um, either as an assistant coach or even uh, a main coach, if they decide to have him there. Um, October 9th, uh, me as a shock fan, we, we lost a lot of people that day. So the shock released Tayo, Nero, Glister, Ons, Twilight, Smurf, and FD God. Um, huge, huge hits overall. Um, the, the, the part that hurt the most, by the way, was, uh, UC super, like it was about, a, I think it was like a couple days before this announcement. Um, but super streaming at the SF shock house 
and uh smurf comes in and he's like he's hugging him he's like okay i'm heading out and he's like you out out and he's like yeah and he's like see you next year right and smurf is like hmm and he's oh, just like no. like oh no and he's like yeah yeah see you next year see you see you next year and smurf just like walks out and i'm like oh come on man <laughs> like you got to do me like that um but yeah that that one that one hit pretty hard but the dynasty also part ways with a couple of giants as well so sabiobe marvel tayo animo and changun are all released from the dynasty um so a lot of the first gen players are starting to to rotate out um october 10th the titans drop linkser dalton uh teru changsik uh fried wiener fry fire and rolf have all been released and uh left i don't i don't even know uh the outlaws uh announced that happy is a free agent so he's shopping around as well um on october 11th if you guys are interested in what the state of contracts are the overwatch league on the 11th uh released a full document of the state of contracts so which players are out of contract which ones are still under contract and who's who's safe and who's uh, who's gone. Um, so yeah, if, if you're interested in that, uh, peak that. On October 12th, uh, Gesture retired. So that was, a, that was another big retirement coming out of the Overwatch League. Uh, 9K leaves Philadelphia um, as an assistant coach. So that's going to be interesting. Um, the Outlaws part ways with Crimzo, Happy, and Dreamer. Um, officially saying that they are free agents and they can they are no longer tied to the outlaws they don't decide to um they don't exercise their right to resign them um and then the atlanta rain parts ways with edison and iris um october 13th uh the philly fusion also announced that they're parting ways with poco eqo and funny astro officially um and the rain part ways with masa so that's going to be another interesting one. And then today, uh, we got a big announcement that 9K is coming back to the shock as an assistant coach. Um, Choi Hyobin has retired as well. So he he announced his retirement. Um, and then Twilight, who was released by the San Francisco Shock, is officially now signed with the Toronto Defiant. So this is uh, shaken up so far. That's, that's what we have seen. Um, <laughs> But yeah, a lot of a lot of shifting pieces right now. I mean, Dante is sticking with the Houston Outlaws, so that is I'm happy with that. Um, something I did see that kind of is unfortunate is that I I read somewhere that um, for Tayo the decision to not reassign him was a little bit of a blow because um, towards the beginning of the season he was doing really well, and I think. Um, he had one bad game, I believe. And then at that point, according to the report that I read, like the coaches just really lost faith in him after that single bad game. And they like stopped putting him in scrims. They stopped like coaching him really. So there was really nothing for him to do. He was just kind of just sitting there, not doing anything. And towards the end, um, Krusty was like, Oh, sorry that we didn't really have time to train you anymore. The meta was really just shifting too fast. And like, we were just focusing on other things. So it was just, I feel like his career did not end as well as it could have. Yeah. And I honestly think that 
Tayo is one of the players that I remember watching in World Cup 1, um, even though they didn't make it all the way over to the end. Um, just watching his play, I was like, oh, man, this guy's going somewhere. Like, it, yeah. it's just a matter of time before somebody, like, realizes and signs him. Um, then when the Shock signed him, they were like, yes, finally, we got, we got a Genji player who could finally play. And then Genji was never played again, which is unfortunate. Um, yeah. So... I do agree that like it it's kind of a weird thing that like he was there. They couldn't really do too much with what Tayo could offer. Um, but I do have faith that teams have seen what he can do. Um, if the shock do decide like, Hey, you know what? Genji's actually really good in part two or in season two, let's go ahead and sign Tayo again. Um, I could definitely see that happening. So it's just a matter of like teams realizing, Hey, you know what? He he's made it to the big leagues before. It's just a matter of if the meta fits him or if he's willing to flex to the meta. Um, if Tayo is ready for you know a roster spot, and I'm, I do think that that's the case. It's like yeah, it's unfortunate that he literally got signed for like two weeks, uh, and then he just couldn't play um, from that point forward. But I do think that there will be a lot more uh, going forward, so it'll be really interesting. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you guys updated with how the league starts shaping out for the next season. Um, a lot of really big shakeups, a lot of pretty much the entire teams let go. Um, and as Kevin mentioned, a lot of, of our, our first generation, like OG Overwatch stars are starting to either move around or retire. So uh, especially like bird ring and gesture are some really big losses for the overwatch community. Um, so I, we wish them the best of luck with their future endeavors and thank them for the excitement that they brought to the league. So a couple more, uh, overwatch related things. Um, recently they released a, a video, a couple of videos of some overwatch play tests that the pros did in Hawaii um, with some commentary by uh, Mr. X and um, I think it's Uber. Can't forget who. Um, but they, they played on the new Overwatch 2 New York map plus an updated Havana at nighttime and a Dorado during the daytime, uh, which is very interesting. I wasn't expecting them to do uh, the daytime shifts of, of these two maps. Um, we also got a little bit of a look at the 5v5 and some of the newer character updates. Like we got to see Bastion in action. We got to see how fast the new Sombra is. Got a little bit of the Ryan play as well. Um, and I, I guess, I don't know if you watched it, Kevin, but my takeaway from this was like, I, I like all the little paths that there are in the New York map. It's, it seems like there's a lot more... Um, there's a lot more or a creativity that you can do in that in the newer maps. Um, I'm wondering if in Overwatch 2, like it's just permanently going to be shifted times for maps like Havana and Dorado now, or are we going to like get both of them? Are we just going to get like sometimes you're playing at night on Dorado and sometimes during the day? Uh, and, and how is that going to feel different when we're playing it? Because, like, if you look at Havana at night as opposed to the day, like, it feels very different. Like, the hotel that's in, like, the first point is, is a lot brighter and it feels more like, um, 
an elegant hotel than it is during the daytime. And yeah, I, I, I'm really happy just watching this. Just the Bastion changes look so much better. It's not just a point and click character anymore. Yeah, I, I caught a couple things on, you know, the actual uh, play tests of this. And I do think the night, the day and night cycles will probably be more reserved for like the solo missions or the kind of the left for dead teamwork kind of things. Right. I could definitely see why they wanted to showcase that though, because like, imagine if you have to play a mission that hypothetically takes place over, you know, a long period of time, you at least now know that, you know, certain maps can change to night or day. Um, or if it does decide to play into the pool, I guess it's just a matter of like if teams like a certain thing as well, um, or if it will just throw off some certain plays. But um, we'll definitely have a peek at that. Um, I do like, you know, once again, character reworks are finally being shown to us a little bit. Um, and the changes overall, there's a lot of like little things that um, will make this game feel different. And I know that Space touched on it during the uh, kind of in the middle of the Overwatch League announcements when he was playtesting it. And he said, like, yeah, this feels like a completely different game. It's not the not the same slow Overwatch that we're used to. It's more um, it's a lot different. And yeah. I know that that's something that as an Overwatch player, like sometimes I did like the certain predictability or like the pacing of the game but mm -hmm. i do understand if like they just want it to be chaotic and like constant fighting yeah uh, with the single tank it's a lot faster yeah so they they like that level of speed so it's gonna feel a little bit different so um yeah we'll see we'll see what happens one thing that i did really notice is you can really notice the change in the sound engine that they have like i feel like soldier and tracer you can really tell the difference in the way that the gun sounds it feels it sounds a lot better uh, i'm just wondering is if like how long is it going to take before we kind of get used to that and it just kind of fades into the background you know like it, it, it's we notice it now because we haven't really been playing on it and it's like it's a new thing but it, it's Sadly, I think at some point it's just going to become what we're used to and we're going to kind of take it for granted. All the, all the work that they put into it, all the delays that they put into Overwatch 2, it's just kind of going to be like normal for us. Yeah, it's one of those things where they understand like it, it's something that's elevated from what we're used to. Um, and then by the time that like we get in there, we're, we're going to be like, okay, more about the visuals and everything but you know audio is also really important especially in fps games you gotta know like you know where's the direction of the sound coming from where certain things happening um all those are important so it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that plays out for sure um and as a side note if you did want to try out what the new bastion changes should be like someone made a, a bastion workshop mode on the workshop the code is 7DEX7 um, and included in the changes that are the, uh, I think the removal of the spread for Bastion's uh, sentry gun, uh, his new ultimate, which is the aerial strike plus the removal of the, um, the healing ability. 
I think that they included the, the updated turret mode. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't tried this out yet. Um, but again, that code is 7DEX7. Uh, and if you want to try that out in the workshop, um, two more updates for you from the world of Overwatch. Um, in the latest patch notes, they have updated Mercy on the live server. There are some new options for um, how you want to play and how your target priority is. Um, so there's a facing target only option, which will the guardian angel will only ever fly to an ally you are aiming at. Um, the preferred beam target, which is the guardian angel will fly to the beam target if you have one. If not, it will attempt to fly to an ally you're aiming at. Um, and the preferred facing target, it will fly to whatever ally you are aiming at. If there isn't one, it'll attempt to use a beam target. Um, and then a behavior change, um, holding down the button for a guardian angel will use toggle guardian angel on and will activate once a target is found um a little bit of the rumblings on the internet like mercy players seem to be very happy with this option now so that they can like tailor the behavior of mercy to the way that they actually like to play and just makes it it's a quality of life change for them that they've been asking for for a while so after a forever of mercy being nerfed into the ground it's good to see that Mercy players have a little bit of a, a quality of life improvement. Yeah, it's something that will help players kind of like cater to their play style more rather than just saying, okay, you're only flying to, you know, your target that you're being to right now. You have the option to do facing targets. Like if you're looking at somebody else completely, you can fly to them uh, instead of the, just the target who you're facing or who you're latched to. So that's going to be really interesting. And for, I think, what is the final bit of news for this very, very long episode, um, the Halloween event is live. Hooray. Junkenstein is back October Ooh. 12th to November 2nd. They did not update any of the special challenge modes, which I'm honestly really disappointed in. Um, they just could have done, like, we weren't expecting you to especially with Overwatch 2 coming to do anything completely new. It would have just been nice to have something semi-new aside from the skins that like the people who beat the all of these last year have something to try again this year um, while they're earning, while they're attempting to earn their their um, their wins for the new skins and sprays and stickers and stuff. Um, so speaking of those wins, again, it's up to 27 games. If you win a game, then it counts as two. So um, the first week is going to be the Skeleton Genji. The second week is going to be the Einhej. I don't know how to pronounce that. It's, it's, I think it's Russian. Einherjar Zarya. I don't, what does that mean? Let me look that up. What is Einherjar? Ah, it is a so Einher Einheryaz. That's how that's how the internet's telling me to pronounce it. Um, it's a it means literally army of one in Norse mythology. Those who fight alone, um, there are those who died in battle and have been brought to Valhalla by the Valkyries. So that's what Zarya's skin 
is in reference to. And then for week three, it is the clown roadhog skin, which honestly looks really good. I'm surprised that that's like a, a just a free skin, essentially. If you play 27 matches, it looks really cool. Um, and the other skins that you can purchase are the Coffin Bastion, the Draugr Reinhardt, the Seder Lucio, the Vampire Bat Echo, uh, and the Vampire Hunter Brigida. And, and yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what's it. What's new this year to try to earn? Um, I, I'm honestly really disappointed that they don't have new challenge missions. I look forward to this event every year, and it's it's the most fun. But I, it, it needs something to keep it from getting stale, and they did not provide that this year aside from the skins. Yeah, the skins were good. Like I'm. Honestly, I'm not really like I'm not really vibing with the the Fortnite Genji. I I, I don't know how else to say it. Um, the the Zarya one is okay. I, I think if there's a couple players who want to take a stab at it, I don't mind playing it. Um, and the Roadhog skin, of of course, I'm gonna go pick that up. Like that's that's one skin that I'm like I'm very excited to add to my arsenal. Um, Draugr the joke, oh. yeah, Jogger Reinhardt looks really nice too. Um, another thing to point out, there's only they added three more emotes, but no highlight intros. So emotes wise, they added the zombie walk for uh for Baptiste. So if you want if you want that, uh magic pumpkins for uh for Sigma, he's allowed to you know pick up some pumpkins and make them turn and stuff. But the best emote by far is the new Moira one called Boo. Um <laughs> If you guys haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out on the website. It's actually a great emote. Um, I I just I love it. Uh, so that's another one that I think I might spend my plethora of coins that I have never used on. Um, but yeah, Clown Roadhog definitely on my to get list. And if I happen to get it in the box, the the Draugr, uh Ryan as well. Um, one of the funnier jokes that we saw from. <laughs> from the Overwatch Twitter when they dropped the Seder uh Lucio skin they were like um he's back and he's a goat he's the goat and I'm like uh-oh Lucio back in goats uh-oh <laughs> like everybody everybody on my team was like uh-oh goats not again and so <laughs> everybody started freaking out and I was like oh no why why'd they make that joke they know that it's going to be like this, um, but that is exactly what ended up happening. So, um, yeah, we got we got a goat skin for uh, <laughs> for for Lucio. Um, yeah, so I thought that was funny. But overall, we have uh, we have a couple solid skins. I know that I'm prioritizing certain things. Um, but once again, all of the old skins are also available, I believe. Um, Yep. I don't know if what what were the event skins from last year? Do we have that on hand? Do we remember what they were? Okay, so the event skins from last year were the Phantasma Sombra, Stone Brigitte, uh, Stone Brigida, and Ragdoll Echo. So yeah, I believe I don't think you can get those again this year. I don't see them on the list of skins that you can unlock yeah so i'm guessing those were just timed exclusives so exactly 
that being said, if you happen to like the skeleton Genji, the Ainyar, Zarya, or the clown Roadhog, um, you're going to have to, you can't wait till next year. You got to get them this year. Yeah. I I gotta I, I will set a Google reminder for that specifically. Get get Roadhog skin. Um I'm kind of sad that if you saw the trailer for the Halloween haunt this year, um, that they don't have uh the red balloon. I was gonna um, say that would the red a balloon boo highlight intro. Yeah, that would have been a great highlight intro for him, but uh unfortunately they did not give that to Roadhog this year. Um but they, they they desperately need to. Once again, guys, this uh, this event's already live and it's going to go until November 2nd. So um, do what you can to get your skins and your wins. And hopefully you get all the spooky skins that you desire. Um, I believe that is the end of our, our two weeks worth of notes. Um Anything that you want to end off with, Kevin? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if there's... Oh, yeah. Um, last week as well, I was able to meet up with Artie for the first time uh, Ooh, in person. Forgot about that. Uh, didn't forget about Artie. Forgot about the event. Um, the, <laughs> we did a Call of Duty event, and it was at the cannery, which is right off the coast. Like, literally right behind Fisherman's Wharf. Um, so... Lots of lots of people coming in. It was Fleet Week um, in the city, which is kind of a way, like a whole week that celebrates um, the military overall, and like people kind of just walk around SF. Blue Angels fly overhead and everything. So if you are in the city, you just hear loud planes fly overhead for like a week. Um, that is that is how it works. Um, but yeah, we we did an event. Um, we went to Japantown, um, which already lived in Japan and lives in Hawaii right now. So very, you know, they have Japanese influence there as well. So that's going to be interesting um, that he was in. And he was like, yeah, this is this is pretty standard. I'm glad that I I'm, I'm here having fun and I'm glad he did. Um, for me personally, uh, lots of manga came out. So if you guys are reading uh, Wotokoi, um, the book six book six six five five book five came out um and i i'm i'm very happy um that it's a whole it's a whole uh how can i describe it it's a romantic comedy that really focuses on uh nerd culture so it's a very fun read if you guys ever get the chance well thank you guys for tuning in for this week we will i i hope that that zoom does not get hungry and doesn't eat our files for the next couple episodes at least just until i can get a new laptop i guess if if one if the m1.5 isn't announced at the next new apple thing which should be coming up soon i think i'm just gonna bite the bullet and get a new laptop but we'll see how that goes um but anyway thank you guys for putting up with our our wonky publishing for these past two weeks um hopefully we'll be a little bit more consistent in the future uh, but thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest in gaming and pop culture news.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.